As we conclude the music portion of our service this morning, we want to continue to worship by giving. We try to make this as easy as possible, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you, so go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at MVCC, there are so many opportunities for you to serve. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. Well, hey, MVCC, super glad you're here with us today. We made it. We celebrated Christmas uh, and we got here. Fantastic job. Well done. I, I trust that your Christmas celebration was fantastic. You had a great time with family and with friends. And now we're in that kind of open space between the holidays uh, where we get to take a deep breath and settle in and to enjoy together. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be time to look forward into the coming new year in 2021. Uh, but the only way to really look forward with any kind of clarity uh, for the coming year is to be able to look back as well. And uh, we just, you know, we just celebrated Christmas. It's this amazing season where we celebrate the, a moment in time when prophecy was fulfilled, when shepherds rejoiced, when angels sang, a baby was born, and a new mom treasured these things up in her heart. But if we want to look forward into 2021 with clarity, then what we really need to do is look back even further than that first Christmas. We got to look all the way back to the very, very beginning. And to do that, we're going to look at a really, really important passage in Scripture. Uh, it's the very first chapter in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is uh, the disciple John's telling of the story of Jesus' life and his ministry. And in this really important introduction to that story, John is going to refer to Jesus as the Word. The Word. And we're going to take a little bit of time today to talk about what that means and what all is entailed. You know, we often refer to the Bible as God's Word. It's the written Word of God. It is. But today, one of the things we're going to see is that John introduces Jesus to us as a new and different kind of Word. Here's how John starts his story about the life of Jesus. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now at this point, John is not yet talking about Jesus the man that he followed and the man that became his best friend. He's actually looking back past Jesus. In fact, back past all of the entire Old Testament. He's going all the way back to the beginning. In fact, he's actually talking about the state of things before creation. And we learn a couple of things about the one and only God from this description in this passage. We learn that this God has always existed. He's eternal. And we learn, secondly, that he's always existed as a community, as a group together. There's God the Father. There is this Word of whom John speaks. And later we're going to learn that there's a Holy Spirit as well. And that together these three distinct persons form one incredible God. And that's why when they get around to the business of creation and creating mankind, God says, let us make man in our image. Because there was already a community within the Godhead. That's the doctrine of the Trinity, three in one. And what do we learn now about this second member of this Trinity, the Word? We learn, first of all, that He is the Word. 
And that's a little bit obscure. What might that mean? Well, to understand that, I want you to think for a moment about your thoughts, about your ideas, about your feelings and your emotions. And you know, as long as those thoughts remain unspoken, they're not knowable to anybody else. They simply exist inside of you. But when those thoughts and when those ideas and when those feelings are, are given voice, when they're formed into words and spoken, suddenly others can know them, can understand who you are and how you think and what you're feeling. They'll understand the core of yourself. And in this way, a word is what makes the unknowable knowable. A word makes the unknowable knowable. Let me give you an illustration again. I am married to the finest woman on the face of the planet. She has my admiration. She has my appreciation. She has my respect and my fidelity, and she has my love. But if those realities never find voice, if I never find a way to express those thoughts and those feelings and those ideas in words, then they remain unknown mysteries to her. But when I form those abstract thoughts into words, and I speak those words to her, and I tell her, I love you, then she hears those words and knows what's in my heart. It's not too tough to shift that principle over to talk about God and how it might be that an eternal, infinite, incomprehensible God could make himself known to us, finite, limited creatures. To do that is going to require a word, a word that makes the otherwise unknowable God knowable to us. And so when John describes this word, he's suggesting that the second member of the Trinity is the one who will show us what the otherwise unknowable God is like, and who will allow us to know him after all. And so we learn that he is the word. And we learn that as the word, he has always been with God, and he has always been God. And we learn that he participated in creation with God. And if all of that seems super abstract and super theological and philosophical, well, that's because it is. But I got good news. John doesn't stay there. He does something awesome. As he moves forward, he moves away from the theological and he moves into something that's very practical and very tangible and very, very real. This is what he goes on to say later in, in John chapter 1 and verse 14. He says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And now here, John has taken a turn. Now he's talking about the man, the historical person that you and I know as Jesus of Nazareth. And he is telling us in the most inescapably clear language possible that the divine word that was from the beginning and the man, Jesus of Nazareth, are one and the same. Later on in his life, at the end of his life, as he writes a letter to the churches in 1 John, John will say that he and others, they saw Jesus. They touched him. They experienced him as a real person with real flesh and real bones. They experienced him, yes, as 100% God, but they also experienced him as 100% human. Jesus, the man, is the divine word. And so that the way that he lived, 
and the way that he cared for people, the way that he healed people, the things that he taught, the way that he suffered, and the way that he died, all of them form a word that makes the otherwise unknowable God knowable to you and to me. As a human person, Jesus shows us what God is like. And so to summarize, perhaps, our progress to this point, there's this second person of the Trinity who exists eternally as the Word. The Word takes on human flesh and lives a fully human life. And He does so to make an unknowable God knowable to the world. And Jesus Christ is that person. And so now it's time to consider what difference does all of that make to you and to me in the here and now? It probably, when we think about it, it shouldn't surprise us that someone whose entire existence was about making God knowable to others would want those who follow him to do something really similar. And we find that that actually, as it turns out, is the case. The Apostle Paul wrote this about what we as believers are called to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. See, Jesus the Word makes God knowable to us who wouldn't know God without Him. And then He asks us to do the same thing, to make Him known to those who don't know Him yet, to make His appeal through us. So how do we do that? What does that look like? What steps do we take? Well, the, the first step's easy. We just have to follow His example. We look at the example of, of who Jesus was and how He lived, and we follow that. And He lived every day of his life as a practical demonstration of what the Almighty God was like. And so, if we're going to help others to know this Jesus that we have come to know, we have to live every day of our lives as a practical demonstration of what Jesus is like. And we have to live a life that forms a word that makes Jesus knowable to everyone in our sphere of influence. There was a, a nun and an author in the 16th century, Teresa of Avila, and she wrote and reflected on the way that the gospel, uh, that, or the way that God's people became a word to the world. She wrote this. She said, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours the feet, yours are the eyes, your, you are his body. Christ has no body on earth but yours. Do you see how critically important it is that we understand that if Christ is to be made known in our generation, he's going to make him known through you and through me as we live out a life and we follow his example. Paul elsewhere wrote of Jesus' example, and it's very telling. It's in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. Paul wrote, In your relationships with one another, have the, mind, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And, be, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. Looking forward into the coming new year, 2021. How might you live a life that forms a word that makes God knowable to those who don't know Him yet? Well, I see three things in this passage that Jesus modeled for us that will make, that will make that a reality. In fact, I believe that without these things, we don't have a hope or a prayer. The first is this, humility. It says that Jesus humbled Himself. Jesus willingly let go of all the privilege and perfection of heaven and eternity. And he, chose, and he did so to take on the frailty and the finitude of mere humanity. He, he let go of comfort and ease and privilege and stepped down where to made himself vulnerable. Vulnerable as a baby in a manger. Vulnerable as a human on a rough earth. He didn't consider that journey beneath him, beneath his dignity, or something that someone else should take up because he was above it. But he stepped out of the highest places and into the lowest places in his effort to make God known. And that's God's call on you and on me as well heading into this year. Are we going to make Jesus known? Are we going to make an unknowable God knowable? If we do, we better plan on walking in some deep humility. Humility that compels us at times to leave behind our own comfort, to, lead, to step outside of our own comfort zone and maybe go to places that are difficult, to do things that maybe wouldn't be our first choice, to step into places that are difficult and hard, not because we have to, but because that's what's required to make God known. It takes humility to put the call of God first rather than our own desires. And we can follow Jesus' example and do that in order to make Him known this year. The next thing I see highlighted in this passage in Philippians has everything to do with obedience. It said he became obedient, even obedient to death on a cross. Jesus didn't want to die. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to endure the crucifixion. The night, the night before he went to the cross, he spent time in prayer and he asked God, please God, if there's any other way, can, we do, can you take this cup of suffering from me? But then importantly, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This is not my choice. This is not the thing I would want to do. This is not the way I want to do it. But God, if it's you calling me to do it, I'm in. Because there is a yes in my heart to whatever it is that you would call me to do. Do you want to make an unknown God knowable to others? Live your life with a constant yes on your heart where the calling of God is concerned. Make your life an unconditional yes to an unpredictable God so that whatever he may ask of you, You've already answered yes, and you've already committed to obedience. I don't know what, what it is that God is asking of you in the coming days and weeks and months. I'm not sure what this next year is about and where God will ask you to obey, but I know that He will. Maybe it's about getting some long-term habits under control. Maybe it's about being a better spouse or a more loving neighbor. Maybe it's about stepping into a prayer life that gets deeper and deeper. Maybe Maybe this is your year to forgive that person who's been troubling you for so long. I, it's not up to me to tell you what that point of obedience is. But as God puts those things on your heart, please understand that your yes to the call of God at any step along the way is part of what will make Him knowable to those who don't know Him yet. That's how you live a life that forms a word that makes God knowable.
to walk in humility, to walk in obedience. And then I have to address this third thing that it talks about here in Jesus' example, his suffering, his willingness to suffer. It's no secret. 2020 has been a year of unprecedented suffering for so many of us. And the suffering has gone deep and cut at the very very fabric of who we are. There's a lot of pain and, and suffering as a result of this past year. But Christians today, like Christians of all eras, know that suffering is not just some kind of tragic exception or mistake. We know that suffering is, in fact, the very manner by which Christ purchased our salvation and accomplished God's purposes here on earth. You see, Christ made his sufferings on the cross an offering to the Father, and that offering redeemed all of mankind. 2021 awaits us, and I have to believe it will be a better year than the one that we have just endured. But it will also include its share of suffering. And when it does, you and I have a choice that we get to make. We can throw a tantrum and we can tell God that we deserve better than this and tell him that he better start living up to our expectations of him. Or we can follow Jesus' example of trusting God, of enduring faithfully, and of asking God to somehow make of our faith-filled suffering something that's redemptive, something that draws others into the redeeming love of God. My friend, this year, at whatever point the suffering comes, I want you to endure full of faith, trusting in God and never letting go. Part of this is because that's what will see you through the difficult season. But the other part is this. That's how a world who doesn't yet know God will come to know Him. As they see the way we embrace the, uh, the God whom we love during the times when we suffer. When we don't understand what's going on around us and we wish He could have it another way, and yet we still turn and serve our Lord. The authenticity of that makes God knowable. I want to encourage you as we step into this year, I want to encourage you to prepare, to walk in, make it a year of humility, make it a year of obedience. And even when it becomes perhaps a year of suffering, embrace in that suffering what it is that God might want to accomplish in you and through you as you make him known to the world. And I just want to close with this. Much of what I've been talking about just now has been the common stuff that we as Christians believe and have been taught for millennia. But maybe you're listening and, and maybe you're new and you're not yet someone who would describe themselves as a follower of Jesus. I want to say thank you for being here and thanks for even taking the time to consider what it is that God might be doing here. And I want to invite you, perhaps, to take a step as you head into the new year. Maybe this is the year that you got to the end of your rope. Maybe this is the year that you realized you didn't have the personal resources to get through it. Maybe you just need to know where to turn and you need a guide and you need someone to walk along with you through the difficulty that is this life. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus, the Word, is the one who will do that with you. 
Perhaps today is the day. Perhaps today is your day to step across that line of faith and say, I'm not even sure what it means, and I'm not even sure what it leads to. But I know today, because of the way God is tugging at my heart, I've got to make a turn, and I've got to begin following this Jesus who makes God known. I want to learn from him what God is like, and I want to be changed by him into someone who can help the world see what God is like. And it all begins with a simple step of faith that says, I believe. And if that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. I'll pray the words and you just agree in your heart and it'll be the most important prayer you ever pray. Heavenly Father, on this day, right here at the end of this year, I turn to you. I want to say that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Word that has been God from the beginning. And I want to begin the process today of following Him in faith. I confess and I acknowledge that I'm weak and that I'm a sinner and that I fail. And I ask God that you would forgive me, knowing that Jesus Christ paid the price for my failures when he died on the cross. Would you forgive me? Would you restore me? Would you make me whole? And God, would you take up residence in my heart? I want to spend the rest of my life following you, knowing you, and making you known in this world. God, would you walk with me in this journey? Would you help me when I'm weak? Would you bring me joy when I'm in sorrow? And above all, would you align my heart with your purposes so that you can be made known? It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to I invite you to let somebody know. One of the most important things you can do is let someone know, hey, today I began my faith journey with Jesus Christ, and uh, we, can, we can help you take that journey and take your best next steps as well. Hey, when we get together next time, it'll be 2021. The new year will be underway. I'm looking forward to that. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.